If you've got a few minutes to spare, it's time to get stuck into the wrap. It's the weekend ending July 9 and this is The Wrap, Australia's fastest serving of technology news wrapped into the space of time it takes to get your morning coffee and get that caffeine kick ripe. And this week The Wrap is a little late thanks to a new arrival, as Picker's editor Lee Stark, that's me by the way, now has a child as his firstborn made its way into our world. That means Picker is running just a little behind this week, but that's fine, because big news is always a big deal. And it's not the only big news for the week, though it's probably the most important, sorry, with the possibility of something massive in the mobile world arriving from camera maker Red next year. Now, you may not know Red, but if you've ever wanted to make a film or have maybe worked on one, or maybe you just happen to be a camera nut, because that's, that's fine too, you'll probably have heard of the company. Different from your typical camera brand, Red makes the sorts of cameras used for actually making movies, with big sensors, solid bodies, and the ability to capture in ultra-high resolutions like 4K and 8K. Red is not, however, a brand known for phones, and yet that's exactly what the company will apparently produce next year, announcing the Hydrogen, a unique concept that could have the potential to not only change mobiles, but media as well. Red's Hydrogen shares some things in common with other phones, and while it will run on Android and include USB Type-C, not only the ability to play back your standard media, it will also apparently handle 3D media with what Red calls a holographic display. What this exactly means, we're not entirely sure. The initial expectation is that it will either be some form of micro or pico projector, or possibly a development on the parallax barrier and lenticular 3D displays devices have had for a few years now. If you've ever seen a Nintendo 3DS, think something like that. 3D mobile technology like this can be rare, but if RED can pull it off, it may have a device that has the potential to shape where phones are going, not just delivering a big and thin and bright LCD screen like what we're seeing today, but something far more interesting. Also far off in the distance is the field of robotics, and with edutainment robot maker Sphero spinning off into Misty Robotics recently, we were able to talk with the company's head of products, Ian Bernstein, who told Pickett basically where the company would be going with its impending robot revolution. And this is both one part science fiction and another potential science fact. So you can forget about those jetpacks, the flying cars, and the drones that deliver your groceries for you, at least in the short term, that last one is definitely coming, with Misty's robots focus more on robots that can help. That's part of what we expected a few weeks ago when we first mentioned it, but now we have a firmer idea of what the company is working on, and assistance robots seem to be the go here. Bernstein told Picker this week that much of what Misty is working on is inspired by science fiction, listing Wally, Big Hero 6, Her, and Ex Machina as required watching for new employees. And yet, despite that modern take, the first robot that we'll be seeing from the company is based on Rosie from The Jetsons. Essentially, Misty's first will be a robot that does a little more than your basic robotic vacuum cleaner, with cleaning part of its work, but also cooking, running errands, and even being a friend and companion. It's kind of like that movie Bicentennial Man, only it will probably be more memorable. Okay, it wasn't that bad. It, it at least did a decent job imagining an Isaac Asimov story, which we suspect Misty's efforts will focus on too. And you know what? Misty's robotics would probably be a lot better than watching that movie. It, it wasn't that bad. It, it wasn't that bad. But we're looking forward to the robot, you know, even more. A little close to home, guitar maker Fender has this week launched a program designed to make learning instruments a little easier. 
It's called Fender Play, and the concept kind of takes what you can do on YouTube by finding instructional videos of your favorite songs, but mixes it up with the sort of material handled by online courses like Udemy and Linda. And it kind of gives you a bit of structure, allowing you not just to learn the songs you want to learn, but also the instrument through that musical style. Now, given how often people give up on musical instruments in the early days of finding one they like, this concept makes a lot of sense. Instruments are rarely easy. What with finger positions, strumming, chords, notation, and more, any system that can make the required learnings more in reach of everyone is definitely welcome. Like any good modern service, however, it's also the sort of thing you can run from a web browser with a personalized program developed from the sort of musical choices you make and the $20 per month pricing. That's a service for you, kind of like paying for Netflix or or, or Pandora, well, not for long for Pandora, Apple Music, Spotify. You're paying $20 a month for this one. And if you have an iPhone or an iPad, you can log on using the app. However, you can't find that app in Australia. We spoke to Fender briefly, and Fender did tell Picker that it's working on getting the apps available outside of America, Canada, and the UK. But right now, if an Australian wants to try the service, it absolutely can. It just has to, um, you know, use it through the web browser. Android is also on the schedule, likely appearing next year. And finally, while we didn't spend as much time out in the field as actual riders this week, you know, birth of our first child and all, we still had a review ready to go with Motorola's metal mid-range, the Moto G5+. Plus. Almost a tongue twister, that one. And if you've been following the resurgence and return of Motorola for a while, like we have, you may know that the G-Series is one of the company's most successful phone lines. Since its inception a few years ago, the Moto G phones basically stood for value, offering budget to mid-range pricing and a fair amount of bang for your buck, something few companies tackled with the same sort of enthusiasm. Recently, Motorola's latest G rocked up, and it aims to improve that G-Series even more, boasting a 5.5-inch Full HD screen not unlike that of the big iPhone, you know, the 7 or the 6 Plus, anything that's got a plus in a name that's made by Apple, a fingerprint sensor, a metal body, 4 gigabytes of RAM, either 16 gigs or 32 gigs, depending on how much you want to spend, and some decent 4G speeds too. And for the most part, you'll struggle to find anything really to complain about this one, with solid performance, support for two SIMs, which is ideal if you happen to be someone who travels frequently, and the stock version of Android, making it not only the way Google imagines Android should be, but also about as up-to-date as smartphones get. Our one quibble with this otherwise great handset is the camera, which didn't feel as strong as it probably should have, especially since it comes with a 12-megapixel duo autofocus camera. Daylight was fine, but low light just seemed to lack that clarity we go for, and while Instagram and Facebook will probably be fine with whatever you're shooting, that's kind of it. Still, there's a solid value here and a great build, not to mention two whole days of battery life. And for us, that's the really big deal about the Moto G5 Plus, because how often do you get more than one day of battery life? Seriously, Moto's G5 Plus nets two days of battery life, and that is a stellar effort. For now, that's all we have for this week's belated wrap. We'll be back Friday, barring any major dramas, with the latest news and reviews wrapped up in as short a time as possible. From everyone here at Picker, including the newest member of the Stark family, take care and have a great week.